Welcome back to The Refugee Report. This episode is about Ukraine, easily the most unique humanitarian crisis and conflict that I've examined thus far. Despite reaching a ceasefire in 2015, conflict persists in the country, and there continues to be humanitarian challenges in the region. It is a country that is constantly at the center of foreign influence, and its government is notoriously corrupt. Ukraine has suffered these consequences due to its tumultuous history. Before looking at this history, we would like to warn you that the information and audio presented may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Ukraine is a country that sits on the Eurasian steppe. Through its center runs the Dnieper River, which empties into the Black Sea. This valuable geography has made it the target of invaders of the past. Past invaders and rulers have included the Vikings, Mongols, Lithuanians, the Poles, and the Russian Empire. Despite the constant invasions, much of Ukraine remained open land inhabited by nomadic groups. However, the Russian Empire began to gain more control of Ukraine throughout the 18th century. During this time, Catherine the Great began a process known as Russification. She enforced policies that only allowed Ukrainians to speak Russian and forced them to abandon their native language. This was more heavily done throughout eastern Ukraine, and it explains a key divide that still exists today in the country. Those in the West predominantly support Ukrainian independence and speak Ukrainian, while those in the East speak Russian and want greater Russian influence in the country. The Russian Empire's control over Ukraine ended following the Russian Revolution. In 1921, the new Soviet Union split the country between themselves and Poland. Stalin's policies over Ukraine were brutal, and in 1932, the Holodomor occurred, a man-made famine that killed 3 to 12 million Ukrainians. Control over Ukraine would change with the start of World War II. The Nazis invaded the Soviet Union in 1941 and occupied Ukraine. Ukraine greatly suffered over the course of World War II. During the war, approximately 5 to 8 million Ukrainians were killed. In fact, the battle for Kiev is considered one of the worst battles in Eastern Europe during the war. Jewish Ukrainians suffered even more due to the Holocaust. Around 1.5 to 2 million Jewish Ukrainians were killed, 33,000 of which were killed in just two days during the Babin Yar massacre. The end of World War II meant the end of the Nazi occupation, but it also resulted in the Soviet Union capturing the entirety of Ukraine. During this time, Ukraine became known as an industrial center of the Soviet Union. This meant mines, factories, and power plants were used throughout the country. One of them was a nuclear power plant at Chernobyl, and in 1986, the worst nuclear meltdown in history happened. It's now clear that the Soviet Union has suffered one of the worst disasters in the history of nuclear power. Massive quantities of radiation have apparently been released in an accident at the Chernobyl power station in the Ukraine. Many thousands of people live in the vicinity. Moscow admits there have been casualties, and signs are that a big relief operation is underway. This is a key moment in Ukrainian history, because an unknown amount of Ukrainians still suffer from radiation poisoning. Also, many historians believe that the disaster at Chernobyl ultimately led to the fall of the Soviet Union. In fact, Gorbachev himself said that Chernobyl was, quote, the real cause of the collapse of the Soviet Union five years later. So when the Soviet Union collapsed, Ukraine became a fully unified, independent country for the first time in its history. However, the government was inundated with corruption, and an economic depression persisted in Ukraine throughout the 90s. By the 21st century, the Ukrainian economy began to stabilize, 
but the country's political corruption continued. In addition, tensions between Ukraine and Russia began to rise when Putin cut off Ukraine's natural gas supply during the winter of 2009. A deal was eventually reached between Ukraine and Russia, resuming the supply of gas to the country. However, frustration regarding this situation resulted in the election of a new president, Viktor Yanukovych. He ran for office twice before. One of those times, in 2004, he was accused of setting up a rigged election. Also, his party was greatly supported in the east of the country and is known for being pro-Russian, so he was and still is a controversial figure. This would play a pivotal role in 2012 when Ukraine enters negotiations to join the EU. The president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, wanted to limit the growing Western influences in Eastern Europe. Therefore, in order to stop negotiations, he imposes tariffs on Ukraine that result in $1.5 billion in losses. Yanukovych then gives in to Russia, ends EU negotiations, and signs a trade deal with Russia. This led to outrage throughout much of Ukraine. More than 200,000 protesters gathered in the Ukrainian capital of Kiev today, furious over the government's refusal to sign a trade agreement with the European Union. Massive protests begin in the capital of Kiev and other parts of Ukraine. Protesters are increasingly worried that continued ties with Russia threaten Ukrainian sovereignty. These protests soon escalated into all-out war in 2014. Carnage. Police shooting as protesters ran up the hill towards them. Having abandoned their positions, they seemed to be firing at will. We watched as protesters advanced straight into the line of fire. A few had weapons, but most were armed only with makeshift shields. They were guns down mercilessly. 77 people end up dying in these protests, and Viktor Yanukovych steps down from the presidency. Despite this, the conflict in Ukraine is only beginning. Russia then moves in and annexes Crimea, a Ukrainian peninsula in the Black Sea. Also, Ukrainian separatists take up arms and seize parts of eastern Ukraine. In addition, the Russian military secretly moves into the region to support the separatist forces. In 2015, a peace agreement was finally reached, which was supposed to bring an end to the conflict in the eastern part of the country. However, this was ignored and sporadic fighting has continued. The conflict has been kept in a smaller area of Ukraine due to the help of Ukrainian militias. The Ukrainian government has supplied and funded these militias in order to ensure this. However, many are concerned about the power these militias have. Some of these groups have extremist far-right views, and they are heavily armed. It seems unlikely that the government would be able to effectively contain these groups if need be. In addition, many diplomats are concerned that Putin will take more aggressive actions in the region, creating the potential for greater conflict. All attempts at peace agreements since 2015 appear to have failed, and the east of Ukraine is still heavily militarized. Due to this, around 14,000 people have been killed in the fighting. In recent developments, the ICC, which is the UN court, announced a full investigation into crimes against humanity and war crimes over the course of the war. Prosecutors claim that there is evidence for this throughout the protests, annexation of Crimea, and the war in the eastern part of the country. Although this is a step towards justice, 
it is important to remember that the ICC is rarely able to actually prosecute people. In fact, only a handful of people have been convicted in the court. As a result of situations like these, there is an estimated 2 million Ukrainian refugees. However, the refugee crisis in Ukraine is quite unique. Most of those fleeing conflict are internally displaced refugees still living in Ukraine. Instead of setting up refugee camps, most have either moved into abandoned apartments or Ukrainian cities. Although estimates greatly vary, it is thought that around 1.5 million people fall under this category. Those that continue to live on the front line live in inhospitable conditions. Many of the houses are severely damaged, leaving those who stay without electricity or heat. The damage is often too expensive to repair, leaving these people with broken homes. The minority that has sought asylum in other countries typically resettled in Eastern Europe, with some going farther west. Unfortunately, there is not much more information about the refugee crisis in Ukraine. In fact, this episode was very difficult to construct because of the lack of information. For example, when researching these episodes, we typically use the UNHCR's operations portal, which provides very up-to-date and accurate information about refugees around the world. It is usually a great resource, and I recommend checking it out. However, I found that Ukraine was not even listed in the database anymore. Also, most of the information that was available elsewhere was either from 2015 or is inconsistent with other sources. The lack of up-to-date information on the conflict has led some to call the situation in Ukraine the forgotten humanitarian crisis. Since fighting has been so sporadic and there is a supposed ceasefire, there is less of a press presence and focus in the region. Also, the crisis in Ukraine pales in comparison to humanitarian problems faced by different countries of the world. This has forced the UN and NGOs to apply more resources to other countries. We usually end with a recommended charity, but we would like to provide two disclaimers. The first being that you should do your own research before spending your own money. And the second is that there are much larger and worse refugee crises that need more help, including previous ones discussed on the podcast. So if you have a finite amount of money to spend, please consider going back to previous episodes and donating to those that I recommended. However, if you really want to help the situation in Ukraine, the International Committee of the Red Cross is providing food, water, and healthcare services to internally displaced individuals. That concludes this episode of The Refugee Report. Make sure you subscribe and share the podcast with a friend. We just updated our website, so please check it out at wartimeaid.org. Also, if there is a specific refugee crisis that you want to hear about in our upcoming episodes, feel free to DM us on Instagram or email us through our website. We are trying to cover as many refugee crises from different parts of the world as possible, and we hope to get through each one. However, if there is one that you would like to hear about sooner rather than later, let us know. Tune in next week to learn about the refugee crisis in Venezuela. As always, thank you for listening.